everybody. Welcome back to Jump 95, episode 8. I am one of your hosts, Hayden, joined as always by my good friends, Coach Derek and Maddie B. Boys, how are you doing this week? This new year, new decade, how is it going? He said your name first this time. Okay, new year, new me. That's all I got for you. Uh, <laughs> new year, same me. <laughs> your resolution is to be identically exactly the same in every way except how my favorite team the washington wizards are doing we're gonna need to pick up the pace a little bit all righty boys we are back in let's jump in a little bit of headlines in our what's going on segment this week post christmas going to i believe january 20th we're gonna start voting for the uh, 2020 all-star game and they got the first results back and there is some obvious choices. There is some not so obvious choices. As we look at it right now, leading in the east in the front court is our good friend Giannis Antetokounmpo, friend of the show. Uh, Trey Young leading the guards, which is a little surprising, I would say, in the east. From the west, we have LeBron James leading, and the guards is Luka Doncic. As you guys look at this, Matt, I'll start with you. Do you think Luca is deserving of this of this this early in his career? Because I know you're a huge Luca head, but it's his second year. Should he really be above every single person? He has the most votes by any player in the whole entire league. Have you been watching NBA basketball, Hayden? I have not. Is that something I should be doing? <laughs> well, if you wouldn't be asking this question if you've been watching this guy play. I mean, he's one of the most dominant guards in the league right now, and he is young, and he has a lot of talent, but I don't think... Um, his votes are coming because he's young and because he's talented for his age. I mean, he's just playing that good of basketball compared to the rest of them in the league. And I think the fan votes are reflecting that a little bit because, you know, Harden's obviously going to be getting more of that MVP esque attention. Yeah. But when this comes to fan voting in the all-star, like fans are going to want to see somebody who's great and somebody who is really impactful for their team but also just somebody who's entertaining and and he's all of that the thing about all-star games is it is an expedition game or expedition exhibition game and i think luka Doncic fits that perfectly he happens to be fun he's an incredible player so he's gonna make it fun to watch for sure yeah without a doubt so they instituted i believe it was two years ago they instituted the um the captains and at this point it's going to be Giannis versus luka as captains how do you guys feel about it uh, my hot take is I don't care about All-Star Weekend at all. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you not care about That's like the most fun thing of the Could year. I not care less about it. The, 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 Have you ever cared about the All-Star game? When I was younger and the dunk contest was cooler, but like now like the dunk contest is guys out of the D-League a lot of the times. They don't really. I mean, they do cool dunks, but I don't care about them because they don't actually play in any of the games that I watch. The fan voting is kind of stupid to me. I wish the fans didn't have any say in the all-star voting. Hot take. Because, that, yeah, that's a, we look at the, the fan voting. Obviously, there's Giannis, there's LeBron, Anthony Davis, those kind of players. But then if you look at the front court, number six in votes, Mr. Taco Fall, who I believe has played 11 minutes this yeah, year. Yeah, just ahead of uh, Bam Adebayo. <laughs> Bam Adebayo versus Taco Fall above Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond. All these people that are obviously more deserving of them, but the fans just do whatever they want, and you think that's dumb. Yeah, Kyrie Irving, who hasn't played yet, really, is second among guards in the East. 
So you think it should just be coaches and media, or how, or do you want to scrap the All Star Weekend, or what? What do you What do you think? I say I say scrap it. <laughs> You're so and not. That will fun. literally <laughs> never happen. All Star Weekend is That's a the- money pit. I, I think all three of us are kind of in the same boat where none of us actually like watch football. Oh, that's not true. Okay. So what what have they done with the Pro Bowl? Like it is a complete that's, afterthought. It is a joke. It, the, the Pro Bowl. The is NBA All-Star joke. game is the Pro Bowl for me. They're, they're, they're the same to me. But two. Okay. So the last two years, it's been a lot better. It's been a lot better. Did you watch the very first year where they picked teams? That was that was a fun game. Last year, they kind of resorted back to doing whatever they wanted and not really trying very hard. But I would say two years ago was one of the best All-Star games you've had in a long time. Um, I don't I, th- I believe that the, the picking teams really helps. And so if that leads it to be Giannis and Luca. I just don't know if Luca has the same star power that LeBron would if he ended up being the captain. Do you guys know if... No, no. The NBA would definitely prefer it be LeBron. I think so. Because it's still LeBron's league. Because it's LeBron James. Yeah, without a doubt. It's still the the old man dominating. Until the players start caring, I'm not going to care. How do you get the players That's a really good point. How do you get them to care? Is it money? Is it... It's money. uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's it's money. It's true. But they're already millionaires. Like Kyrie Irving's lost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year just by not playing. Like, and that's not really anything. What What could they offer in the All Star game to make anybody really care about money? A lot of money. If there was some, <laughs> if there was some clout here. So get this: if there was like, you're allowed to make a little more over salary cap if you win this, because half the guys on the team are already making cap. Yeah, they're already max players. If you're allowed to make a little more the next year, if you get the all-star win, like if your team wins, but then I guess it's fallen on the team to pay you more. Yeah, but it but also, I mean, it, it's an option. It, a lot of these players have incentives of like, if they get into the all-star game, they get a bonus and things like that. It, it would be interesting to see how much they would care if it was for a charity or something. I think uh, certain players would care more than others. I think Kawhi Leonard doesn't give a fuck about anybody, so he never plays any games. Because there wasn't long ago where LeBron came out and said, oh, I'm going to try to play every game I can because if people pay tickets, they should blah, blah, blah. And Kawhi is just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to play when I want. So uh, The old LeBron PR machine. PR machine. That's why I think he's going to probably end up being the captain in the end because the NBA would prefer that. But the Definitely future does look like Luka. That. Future does look like Luca. I will. I will say I am curious about the sixty-five thousand, at least the sixty-five thousand people who put LeBron James on their ballot, but not Anthony Davis. Because you would think anybody that's a LeBron fan is also an Anthony Davis fan at this point as well. So, not me. I'm. I think I'm with Matt on that one. I, I'm not a huge AD fan. Well, I, I mean, like it, you wouldn't like specifically go out of your way to not vote for him. I think I did. Did you guys vote at all yet? Yeah. No. Yeah. I've voted a couple times. My first vote was for an all Orlando Magic starting five, just for the sake of my team. Whole thing's a shame. The Grizzlies will be boycotting this event. (laughs) I think boycotting and not invited is a different thing. We're boycotting. (laughs) Wait. Wait, where's the Latvian laser? Oh, shit. How is he not, How is he not he, up there? Do they not know he's been Jump 95 Big Baller of the Week two weeks in a row? I think that, that he doesn't get the Jump 95 All-Star bump where you get extra votes if you get mentioned on the Jump 95 podcast. It, they must have missed him. There must have been a miscount. Well, we're looking at the All-Star teams, and um, we all have a couple favorite teams this year, and two of the three are represented in this list, though they're at the bottom. But my team, sadly, is not. Matt, you're Bradley Beal from Washington Wizards. I don't care about Bradley Beal. <laughs> <That's> what... 
<laughs> That's a hot take. As well as Ja Morant rounding out the bottom of the guards in the West. Shout out, Ja. I'm not seeing much Evan Fournier love. Not a lot of Kem Birch votes, but... Maybe you should Google Evan and see uh, what the deal <laughs> probably, is there. Probably like 11 on both, I'd say. Probably I just think I voted for man. both. I might, I might have... Might have bumped him up there. But how are you guys' teams doing this week? We're all we're all cheering for teams. It's a new decade. It's a new 10-year commitment extension contract. We all signed with the our respective teams. So, Matt, why don't you give me an update on the Latvian Laser and the Washington Wizards? They don't know what they're doing. At all. Yeah? We're, we're dropping game to the Pistons uh, last Thursday. Then the following Saturday, we drop a game to the Knicks. Yikes. So I don't even bother tuning into Miami. Mm. But you know, we stomped them. Big 18-point <laughs> victory for some unknown reason. Oh, wait. Hold on. Big baller of the week for me. Uh-oh. Welcome to Big Baller Garrison zone. Matthews knows oh, what's up. Oh, double combo. Garrison Matthews. This guy hasn't scored more than six points. He's only played in, I think, like nine games before, at this, uh, before the game against the Heat. Off the local broadcast... If you were if you were tuning into that, you know I wasn't. One of the announcers asks him, like, "What do you?" I I forget the actual wording, but it was basically like, "Who are you at this point?" I don't know where this question comes from, but this guy who's not scored more than six points in a game at this point decides to say, "Like, I just got to remember, I've been talking to people about who I am. I just got to remember, I'm a dominant shooter." Damn. And he says this before the game, and oh, then this is proceeds before to go the, off the for 28 game? against the Heat. Yeah, he said it beforehand. Wow. Larry Bird, trash talk style, and proceeds to go off for 28 points. I want the confidence of Gar- Garrison, Ma- Garrison Matthews, is that his name? I want that Garrison confidence in my life. Matthews. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the man was four for seven from three point, and a couple of them were deep. This guy does not mind pulling up. That shout out, Garrison Matthews. You got to give some love to ex Cavalier Jordan well, McRae. That dude's going off. I, I hold, hold the phone here, though. We do okay. have the man going 12 or 13 from the line, which some of these all stars could take points from. Garrison Matthews, all about the fundamentals. That's why they now, call see, him. I'm going to tab back over here. <laughs> I'm going to tab back over to the all star voting, and I'm going to look for him. Unfortunately, don't see him yet. <laughs> he's got to be in the sub he's got to be less than three digits amount of votes i would guess oh yeah oh yeah then we proceeded to lose a game to the magic and to the trailblazers so Ooh. after that heat victory we didn't do too much um one more point about the wizards i'd like to bring up is uh you've heard me talk about rui hachimura our uh draft pickup this year who i thought's performing pretty well was performing pretty well until he's been out with a groin injury this guy they're calling it a groin injury, but I am pretty damn sure this guy just got kicked in the nuts so hard he had to have nut surgery. I've seen, I, I've heard that as well. That is basically he just got kicked in the ball so hard he can't even go back to work. I was skeptic of this until he shows up to the game uh, last night in a jock strap, like Randy Marsh with the wheelbarrow. <laughs> exactly like Randy Marsh with the wheelbarrow. No, but he's walking in th- from the tunnel. And the man is walking in like somebody who just had surgery on their nutsack. Oh, did he have a big cone on like a dog that just got fixed? (laughs) I don't know why I talked to you guys. Uh, Okay, so that's where the Wizards are at. Hopefully we can get a healthy Rui and uh, maybe next season with John Wall. I'll say it again. I'll give you a healthy Rui. God, got to bring up John Wall. 
<laughs> I say it almost every week. So I snuck my big baller in there. Sorry about that, but it was too topical. That's okay. Good combination. I'll sneak in a real... It's been a rough, dumbass week for the Magic. I tuned into the Washington Wizards versus Magic game that was the other night, and I literally turned on the game to see Jonathan Isaac trip over his own foot. And die. And, uh... They basically die, <laughs> get to off on a stretcher. They went to a quick commercial and they came back and he's laying with his arms crossed on a stretcher. Looked like he died. It was one of those injuries that was scary where it wasn't really like that obvious what happened. So you're like, oh shit, something bad happened. He hurt himself real bad. Um, and yeah, he's out for minimum two months, minimum two months, which is a really, really bad sign because he's the only fun thing going on on the Magic right now. He could have been on an all defensive team. He's averaging 2.6 or 7 blocks a game. He's playing incredible. Um, basically just punishing anybody to try to be a fan of the Magic. Oh, there's this fun player? Well, he's gone now. He's, he thinks he's going to be good afterwards in his interview. He's like, oh, I feel great. I bet I'll be back. Not that long. Boom. Two months minimum. Sorry, Magic fans. And then we decided to do the exact same thing that the Washington Wizards did and beat the Miami Heat, the team that we won't shut up about for the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. We held Miami Heat to six points in the fourth quarter last night. What? Is that cool? Is that cool? What? No, it's not cool, but we did it. And we won, and we scored more points than it. How many did you score in the fourth quarter? I don't know exactly, but it was like a 105, 84 personally, victory or something like that. Personally, I scored six less than the Heat did. <laughs> Derek could have been in the game and maybe scored a third of the points that the Miami Heat did versus the Orlando Magic without Jonathan, without Jonathan Isaac. Aaron Gordon was back. The Magic managed to put up 21, which is actually a game low for them in a yeah. quarter. But uh, yeah, did hold the heat to six. How about that? Six whole points, the lowest since 2015 for any team in the NBA. Wow. Shout out Orlando Magic somehow losing to teams that they should beat and beating teams that they shouldn't and then staying right there in that eight and a half to nine to seven seed. So it's always fun being a Magic fan. Let's go. Let's go Magic. Hashtag beat the heat. Well, uh, the Grizzlies in the last week, they went one and two. Uh, lost a close one to the Nuggets, lost a close one to the Kings, and beat the hapless Hornets. So, I mean, kind of as expected to go on the week, one and two. They're still sitting there tied in that eight seed for the lottery. Not the eight seed for the playoffs, the eight seed for the lottery. Tied with Sacramento and Chicago right now. So, I mean, any win right now could drop them as low as 10th. Which you want, right? No, we want to keep getting worse. Oh, worse than 10th. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we need to get into that top six oh, damn. Uh, to keep the pick right now, which is looking like we're just going to need luck. Uh, but mm. optimism, need optimism time. John Morant was rookie of the month. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's, good. Nice. So, that's nice. So I got that going for me. Uh, <laughs> actually, rumor has it. Yeah, he hi- he hired somebody to kick uh, <laughs> Hachimura in the nuts. Take him out. So he wouldn't be rookie of the month. Actually, in the month of December, like the Grizzlies offense got pretty good jaron jackson averaged over 20 points a game for the whole month uh making over three threes a game at about 40 percent so that that's our 6 11 second year player just cannon threes like he's davis bertans like the laser himself davis bertans is the new is the new measurement for how good you are at three pointers the grizzlies had a real big first quarter against the kings yeah yeah uh, I mean, they're they're scoring it well. Their defense just absolutely sucks, and I I don't know if it's just because they have a lot of young guys right now. They have a I, I think it's all of the above. They have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of guys that don't exactly fit together, and they're just also just 
to have some guys that just aren't very good. Kyle Anderson has gotten a couple starts recently. Lomo. Uh, Valanchunas missed a couple games. Jay Crowder missed a couple games, but Val or Kyle Anderson got in there. And I honestly think he, he's a pretty good fit for that lineup. Because hmm. uh, he is just a ball mover and a defender, and he just does a lot of the little things, and he's not really looking to go out there and score at all, so they don't have to worry about feeding him. And everything just kind of goes through Jaron and Ja and whoever else steps on the floor with them, whether it's Jonas or Brandon Clark or Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen shot almost 50% behind the arc in December. So things are coming together offensively for the Grizz, just not a lick of defense in sight. As the trade deadline's approaching, do you think the Grizz are going to try to sell off any players? Like, do they have any assets? I mean, obviously, Andre Godala. I keep forgetting he's on your team. We never bring him up because he's getting paid to sit at home. But you think they're going to try to make some moves? Yeah, uh, Iguodala definitely has value. I think uh, Valanciunas is kind of an in-between guy. He's only 27. He'll be 28 by the end of the season. So, like, he's kind of right in that sweet spot. It's like, if they're going to start trying to be good next year, he could still be here for that. I'm not sure if he fits. Yeah. Uh, He's obviously been playing well. He's averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, a block, making a couple threes here and there, 60% from the field, and only 25 minutes a game. So, I mean, he's an effective player. I'm just not sure how well he fits with, like, the lineups with him don't exactly always work out that well. So, uh, I I guess I'll just seed to the front office there on what's going to work out best, whether they keep him or trade him. They just signed him to an extension in the offseason. But I honestly think, in my opinion, he's probably a guy that they should probably look to deal. Move on. Got to go with young people. That's all anybody wants anymore. That's all the NBA players want. It's basically you're selling off your young guys. Or I'm sorry, you're keeping your young guys trying to get assets and selling off your older guys to contenders. So maybe we'll see Andre and, and JV somewhere else. Uh-oh, welcome to Big Baller Zone. Matt beat us all to his Big Baller update, but I'll give us a start on my Big Baller of the week. It's for a Western Conference team that's just outside that top six. I uh, went with the old point god himself, Chris Paul. This dude is having a renaissance year. I can't believe this is the year of Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul leading God, me. Chris Paul. What <laughs> I a know. terrible guy. I thought I would always hate Chris Paul, but him with the uh, the Thunder, I had Dennis Schroeder as my big baller of the week a couple weeks ago. The three-headed monster of CP3, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the longest name in the world. Um, they're playing really, really well. Thunder have won eight of nine games. They came behind and beat the Mavericks. CP3 scored 13 of his 17 points in the fourth versus the Mavericks. Thunder had a league uh, Western Conference best 11-4 and four in December. Um, CP3 is leading the league at 91 clutch time points. I would say CP3, the point god, the old man himself, maybe the oldest big baller of the week, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I never thought I'd be a fan, but him with the Thunder is much more watchable than him with the Rockets or basically any other team in his career, in my opinion. Yeah, the Thunder are a fun team, and I think uh, you could have kind of seen it coming as long as people stayed healthy, obviously, because a lot of people liked Gilgis Alexander on the Clippers bench last year. Uh, Gallinari's obviously been a good player for a long time. He's just always hurt. Schroeder being as good as he's been this year has been a bit of a surprise. Uh, And Chris Paul's really not doing anything different. He just isn't good enough to lead a team anymore. Harden needs somebody who can take over, like take a turn take a turn running the offense, and Chris Paul just couldn't do that anymore. It seems like Chris Paul does a better job of almost being in that rec league version of the old guy with the young guys on the team where he can go out and direct and tell them what to do, and there's not a lot of expectations. And when they need to score, Chris Paul can shoot some mid-range shots, but it's not the same game that the the Rockets were trying to play, which is why I don't think he fit very well with them. 
Yeah, I think his stat line this year is actually pretty much in line with what he did last year in Houston. It's just it's just a better fit mm-hmm. here in OKC. They have four guys averaging between 16.6 and 19.9 points per game. It's That's just a balance. Fun. Yeah, if you check the box, I've been watching some highlights and then looking at the box scores. They're always spread out pretty, pretty evenly between like 11 to 20 points between five or six different players. It's not always a 46-point game or things like that. It's generally pretty spread out. It's fun. Yeah. That it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline because they yeah. already own a ton of draft picks, but I'm pretty sure Gallinari's an expiring contract. They've talked about dealing Steven Adams at a lot of different junctures over the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see if Adams is finally on the move. And I, I think Gallinari almost has to be traded. I don't think they plan on extending him. He's 31. And who knows? Chris Paul might be someone they look to move, but do they really want to blow up something that's kind of working right now? When I mean, yeah, they have Gilgis Alexander, but they really haven't brought in a ton of young guys yet because they haven't gotten to use the draft picks they got for George and Westbrook yet. Yeah, and they're not going to deal those draft picks to try to get a star. It seems like they have to kind of rebuild. But it's in OKC has, has been OKC with Russell Westbrook since since they began. So they've been a good team literally their whole entire existence as a franchise. So I don't know if they're going to really want to sell off and and shoot for the lottery because that's not really what the fans are using. I think I hope they stick with it and just run with what they got. Maybe get to a seventh seed and push a team to a, a six game series or something in the in the playoffs. It's fun to see CP3 in the playoffs if he stays healthy. And this this guy isn't my big baller of the week or anything, but like he should be mentioned. Nerlens Noel is actually good now. Yeah, he's a good fit playing for OKC. I mean, he's off the bench for him, uh, but like all of his advanced numbers are amazing. He's just been. A very good he's been exactly what everybody wanted him to be when he was drafted like he's one of the best defenders in the league right now coming off the bench and he scores efficiently under the rim timing wise just bad for him because he he missed out on a bunch of money and had to sign for much less but maybe he can try to get a payday out of this yeah I, he will be a free agent this offseason and yeah i would fully expect him to get 15 million a year plus more than what he's making now more than what i'm making now but who cares about that <laughs> who's your big baller Derek? Uh, my big baller of the week is the prettiest guy in the league. Oh, uh, I got Kel- hot takes on that. Kelly Ooh. Oubre Jr. Uh, Tsunami this week in, Yeah, in uh, the four games that they've played since last Saturday, uh, he averaged 26 points, over seven rebounds, and almost three steals a game. I mean, he's a guy, it took him a long time to get acclimated to the NBA. I mean, he, he was the 15th pick, I think. I'm not even sure if you guys, he was a McDonald's All-American. Like he was a top 10 recruit in the nation, was supposed to go to Kansas and be that like stud one and done guy. And he was just really underwhelming at Kansas, but still got picked in that top 20 just based off of clout. And how handsome he is. And he kind of, he, he bounced around. I, I forget what brought him to Phoenix. Was, was it the Trevor Ariza trade? Yeah, he went, he went from the Wizards. The Wizards got Trevor Ariza back basically. Okay, yeah, so the Wizards made a ill-fated attempt to like move. be competitive one year. Uh, they traded Kelly Oubre Jr. for Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oubre's really coming into his own on the Suns this year. So that, that, the, the Suns have obviously fallen off since we talked about them a lot at the start of the season. Yeah, they're a disappointment. But uh, they still have a lot of fun pieces, mm-hmm. and Oubre's one of them. They got some handsome dudes on that team, too. They yep. got Kelly Oubre, Devin Booker's a looker. <laughs> they got Aaron Baines, if you're into that. Brian, you like real big, Brian. large men. They got that for you. So I'd say the Suns might have the most handsome team in the league. 
If you're anybody that's listening, please go look at the top comments on all Kelly Oubre Instagram posts. They are great. They're um, all from Hayden's burners. They're all, there's 12 different accounts, of combinations of my own name. Yeah, we got the big ballers. We got our headlines. Last week, we talked about the uh, top six Eastern Conference teams, whether they're contenders and pretenders. We're going to do the same with the West. So, Coach Derek, you can take it from here. Lead us, buddy. Okay. Uh, so the first team we're going to talk about, once again, just like last week, I'm going with the top six teams in the conference. Uh, I'm going to start out by talking about the hottest team in the NBA right now. We just did, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> uh, not, not physically. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad, my bad. This team has won uh, nine out of their last ten games. A lot of those were against bottom feeders. Their one loss was to the Heat, but they did beat the Clippers in that stretch. Guys, have got any idea who I'm talking about right now? Um... I'll be honest, I have no idea who you're talking well, about. Are you talking by any chance about the one, the only Utah Jazz? Yeah, I'm talking about the Utah Jazz right now. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. I mean, they're, they're only sitting in that six seed right there, but we talked about it a lot. I mean, in both conferences, two through six is a toss-up. Yeah. Right now, in terms of the, the Lakers and Bucks kind of have a little bit of separation that has them win the one seeds, but like two through six... It's anybody's game, depending on who has a good week. Uh, so the Jazz, with that 9 out of 10 stretch, have brought themselves into a tie with the Mavericks for the fifth seed. And they're only two games out of the two seed, which is currently a tie between the Nuggets and the Clippers. Well, what do we think about the Utah Jazz? I, I personally thought that they were a dark horse candidate earlier in the year to potentially make a run to the finals out of the Western Conference, just because I like the Mike Conley edition a lot. That hasn't really worked out as planned. Yeah. He's been hurt a little bit and wasn't as effective as he usually is in the games where he was healthy. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think the potential is there for them to still be that team that surprises some people once the postseason rolls around. Right now, they play the Clippers in the first round. I don't think the Clippers would be looking forward to playing the Jazz at all. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I recently checked in with them more after the uh, Clarkson trade went through, obviously being a Cavs fan. And then Clarkson proceeds to have a real nice game his first game as a jazz member as a, a as jazz a, as a jazz nailed it, nailed <laughs> a, it. a jazz eye a jazz <laughs> but yeah i think you're absolutely right i mean they have some some guys who are just capable of playing some incredible basketball together and it looks like a team who does have the right chemistry to make it happen unlike last week when we're talking about the 76ers who we say looks like they have all the talent in the world but just can't always make it work Mm-hmm. Um, these guys seem a lot more consistent. I always enjoy watching Banyanovic play when it's not against the Cavs. He always <laughs> gave us a run, and I thought he's somebody who I look um, at him the same way I look at Davis Bertans. You know, somebody who doesn't get mentioned all the time, but has potential to be somebody that you need to put a guy on at all points in time. Like, you can't play help defense off this guy because if he has a game where he's playing well, he's just going to be completely dominant from behind the arc. So I like this team as a contender. I say they can make it to, Oh man, this, this conference is tough. (laughs) Uh, They go Western semis. It comes down to a lot of different variables. Like Mm -hmm. when Mike Conley is back from his injury, can he be Mike Conley or is he the guy that played those first 22 games and struggled a lot? Because if he's that guy, that their first second round exit again, but Rockets have been notoriously bad in the playoffs in recent years. They just haven't lived up to what people expect them to be. I say if they can get like their two games against 
um, Rockets Nuggets, I think those are matchups that they could take. With the right matchup, they have a potential to get to Western Conference Finals. But I think a more realistic place for them would be taking the first round and the first round only. Y'all haven't even mentioned Donovan Mitchell yet. And he's probably the my absolute favorite player on the Jazz. He, he's, he's the best player on the Jazz. I didn't I was <clears throat> trying to go with a less obvious. Yeah. The thing about him is he has potential to be that incredible star takeover in the fourth quarter, but he also has those games where he shoots like two of nineteen and just can't get a damn shot going. He's a little a little Russell Westbrooky in that that extent where when he's dominant, he's dominant, and when he's missing, he just can't hit a shot to save his life. So if he can step up in the playoffs, I think he. I think the Jazz are most likely, in my opinion, not going Western Conference Finals. I, I could see them going to a six or seven game series with whoever in the second round. I wouldn't put them above any of the teams that are above them. I'd put a lot more money down on. I'll just say it that way. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Back on Donovan Mitchell, I don't. I don't think he took a lot of heat. I don't. I don't know why he flies under the radar so much, but he was really bad in their playoff series last oh, year. Oh yeah, real bad. Like just. Almost 32%, 32% from the floor. 32% from the floor last year in their uh, playoff series loss. He's that kind of player you have to leave out there because when he gets hot, it's great. But if he's not, he's just sucking up shots and just taking up too much space on the floor. But that that's where I think having Mike Conley helps this year as opposed to having Rubio that they had last year because Conley can actually, like, he draws more attention as an offensive player than what Rubio does. Absolutely. And that that helps create a little bit more space for Mitchell. And I I think we even talked about in regards to Devin Booker, it just helps to get that upgrade at point guard when you have a young shooting guard. Yeah, the the one thing I see just looking at the Jazz, like their lineup numbers, uh, Conley and Ingles have not been very successful when they share the floor so far this year. And I think that's going to be a big thing as to whether or not they're a first round, second round exit or whether they can make a legitimate run to the Western Conference Finals and maybe scare some teams. We'll have to see. They would line up with the Clippers, you said? That would be the first round as of today? Yeah. Yeah, I, if, if that's their matchup, I'd still pick the Clippers in five. But if they can manage to get a better matchup, we'll see. We'll see where they can go. I just don't think there are good matchups. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> unless you're the one or the two seed, teams three, four, five, six all have to play each other. None of those are good matchups. So, yeah. like, the Clippers won't be excited about playing the Jazz. Nuggets wouldn't be. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Rockets would be ecstatic to play the Mavericks, which is what would be our first-round matchup right now. Is that the next team you have on your list, the Mavericks? Uh, we could talk about any of them, but, yeah, let's go, let's go into let's the, go Mavs. the Mavs. They're actually the first-ranked offensive team in the league right now. They were at times playing the best offensive efficiency in NBA history <laughs> this year, which is ridiculous. They're going to win it all. You're sticking with your preseason uh, bold, bold No, they're bold take? not. Mavericks will win the NBA championship. Do you think in a series with the Mavericks versus the Lakers or Clippers, the Mavs would beat them? Yes. <laughs> I like it. Dig your heels in. Uh, Screw Hayden. You, yeah, hold on to that hot take. The Mavericks are incredible, but I think they're a year away from really, really, really being a contender. Like, if you look at not just as this good in his second year, imagine how good he'd be in his third year. It reminds me a little bit like LeBron just kind of blew up and was incredible at the beginning of his career, but he's obviously gotten better and better and better with age. I think Luka could 
Could do the same thing. They can only get more comfortable with Kristaps if they can work it out. Dallas can maybe sign a veteran or two, maybe end up with Andre Iguodala, like I've heard rumors of. But I think Dallas is a second round exit. But again, it all comes down to matchups. If they play Rockets in the first round, I think I'd still rather lean with the Rockets. Um, But it's close. It's obviously close. The what, like we were saying, one through six is is a close matchup. Yeah, I, I, I think. Well, what could be said for just about every team that we talked about last week and even this week, somebody's going to make a move at the deadline, and it's going to shift. It's going to shift what what our perception is of each conference. It's just that somebody's going to make a move, and it's going to kind of yeah. separate them. Not necessarily like make them the odds-on favorite or anything. But somebody's got to make a move that's going to impact who comes out of the yeah. Western Conference. And I don't know who that move's going to be. We talked about Dallas uh, a couple times about being a potential destination for big men, whether it's Kevin Love or Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. Just yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. to kind of step in there. Dwight Powell's done an admirable job, the starting center there. But, I mean, I don't really think anybody considers him a guy that can that should be out there for 30 minutes a game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, you put Dwight Powell out there against uh, Anthony Davis for a series. He's gonna get, he's gonna get his ass kicked. <laughs> Sorry, Dwight. You see, Dwight got excited because he thought you said licked. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. So the Mavs are winning the championship. Is that your is that your final take? Uh, yeah, sure is. No doubt about that. They're going to <laughs> number one. The Mavs are the team I'm the least high on in terms of their playoff potential right at this moment out of the six that we're talking about today. But I also think that they are that one move away from being somebody that the Lakers and Clippers really perk up when they, when they hear about them. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the next uh, month or so as we head towards the trade deadline. You know, Mark Cuban isn't going to just sit back and watch a potential. Like if he thinks they have the chance to go win a championship this year, he's going to do what it takes. Like he's not going to sit yeah. back and be like, "Oh, well, maybe we'll be better next year." No, he's going to go try he likes and do to something. win. He's going to go try and do something. That's our Mavs take. So, so where'd you have them, Hayden? First, second round. I have them a second round exit, but it also depends on the matchup. If if they had the Rockets in the first round, I'd pick the Rockets over them for sure. Okay, well that's what it is right so now. Maybe a really good first round exit. Yeah, so right now, best offense in the league, uh, 15th ranked defense. So th- they profile really similarly to the Rockets right now. So that, that'll pro- that would probably be a series of 145-140 uh, games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a lot of defense played, but lots of, lots of step-back threes. That's basically the only move that either of these two stars end up doing. Okay, so why, why don't we just talk about the Rockets now then? They weren't next on my list, but uh, I don't see why we shouldn't talk about them since they're first round ratchet up right now would be the Mavs. So what do we think about the Rockets? They just got Eric Gordon back yesterday. They're the second ranked offense in the league and 17th defense last I checked. So that, that could have changed. I got, I, I checked on a couple updates, but I didn't get all. Yeah. Yeah. Let me start because I watched a full Rockets game for the first time this season. I watched it last night and they were playing the Sixers who should be one of the most dominant defenses in the league. Um, and James Harden went off for 44, 11, and 11. Um, Russell Westbrook had some rough-looking rough rough minutes in the game. But I am really convinced at this point that James Harden 
is the MVP. I, I, I haven't watched him play that much because I generally thought that I didn't like watching him play, but that dude, he looked incredible last night. I don't know if it was the headband Harden. It was a change up for the new year. He's, he's got cornrows. He's got the headband, but he is borderline unstoppable. And it wasn't just a bunch of free throws. That's what I was expecting is, oh, he's going to shoot 27 free throws. I don't know exactly how many he shot last night, but I could absolutely see the Rockets upsetting a lot of players. They don't have the Warriors to deal with. They don't have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry to worry about. They have the Lakers or the Nuggets or the Clippers are all above them. I would pick the Rockets to beat any of the seeds below them. I would, I would, of the matchups ahead of them between Lakers, Nuggets, and Clippers, I think the Clippers could beat them, but I really think the Rockets could beat the Nuggets or Lakers, honestly, in, I don't know, six games. James Harden is ridiculous. If he can keep it up with the minutes he's playing and the way he's playing, which he has been for two seasons, basically, he's been putting up ridiculous numbers. I don't see any reason that the Rockets can't end up in the finals. So they would be, they are my dark horse-ish I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league, so they're the fourth seed. I, th- I could see them pulling off the whole thing. So I-, I was very impressed by what I saw yesterday. Do you think this 44-point triple-double had anything to do with wearing the Hakeem Olajuwon-era throwback jerseys? I think that plus the cornrows really tightened him up, gave him 44-11 and 11. So you I mean, think this, this new headband Harden has a chance at being the MVP? If he comes, yeah, he looks, he looks like he's undercover a little bit. Not if has a come, chance. You think he will be the MVP? Uh, I think he should. Uh, that's how I would say it. I, I didn't think so before, but I think after watching a full game last night that I think he should be the MVP because everybody on the team bows down to James Harden, including Russell Westbrook, who was the MVP the year before he was the MVP, which just sure. shows how dominant and important he is to the Rockets. He is literally the Rockets. Every single player on the team is designed to be a second person, second, third, whatever, to James Harden. So everything about him is the most important. So he he carries the team. And if he plays like he did last night in the playoffs, which he hasn't always, there's no reason the Rockets couldn't win at all. So that's how I feel. I feel that if this trade for Russell Westbrook uh, playing with Harden is what they need to be more consistent and playing their regular season game in the playoffs and not get knocked off like they have previous years. Mm -hmm. If that's the ticket, I don't see any reason they couldn't win everything. Yeah. They have a great chance at it if they can find the consistency that they've been missing previous years. I mean, there were, what was that? LeBron's last year in Cleveland. It was obvious that the best four teams, yeah, well, I guess maybe not that year. We kind of surprised people. Mm-hmm. But previous years, it was pretty obvious that the only team in the West that could give the Golden State any trouble was Houston. And they yeah. never even came close to that. I mean, they got they were up 3-2 one year, but then they missed 27 three-pointers in the Game 7 and lost. Well, they were so, up 3-2 and then Chris oh, Paul was yeah, out. I forgot that. Chris Paul got Chris Paul was out for they Game missed. 6 and 7. When mm-hmm. they just demanded to shoot three-pointers. Mm-hmm. That's the that's what the thing about the Rockets is they are so reliant on what they're good at, and if they happen to be bad at that for a game, they are real bad. So I I agree with you guys about them needing to find uh, consistency in the playoffs in order to make the run that they're capable of making. But I have a little bit of a different slant on it. I think the key is what they get out of their big men, and that's Clint Capella and Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh, uh, some Hartenstein top because I think Capella has been the most disappointing playoff guy for them in recent years. Like, I, I don't think uh, – Draymond Green took his lunch money 
mm. night in and night out every time they ran into him in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah. Like right now, Capel is averaging over 14 points and over 14 rebounds a game right now. Last year in the playoffs, I mean, it was down to 10 and 10, which 10 and yeah. 10 is solid. But when the other team's running out a six foot six post player at you, you, you expect your own star post player to go dominate. Like you, you don't expect him to go. He was 17 points and 13 rebounds in the regular season last year, then dropped the 10 and 10 in the playoffs. And it was even worse against in the series against the Warriors. You would yeah. expect him to step that game up to another level, and he didn't. Uh, Hartenstein is probably a name that most people don't know. Uh, but uh, D'Antoni just said he's going to start getting more rotation minutes. He's only 21. Uh, he played professionally in Germany during that type of age, from like age 16 on. He played professionally over there. Uh, I think this is his second year over here with the Rockets after being picked. But if they can get anything out of their big men in those situations, I think it's going to work out really well for them. They they need Capello to go be a fifteen and fifteen guy like he's capable of being in the playoffs, especially since his minutes are going to go up. Uh, yeah. Another reason I I think they're better set up for success this year. I I've said it before. Westbrook raises their ceiling but lowers their floor. Like they have much worse games now. Yeah. But their better games are like much better. Melt your eyes, good now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I think Westbrook has over CP three is that when CP3 wasn't getting the ball when it just became the James Harden show, Paul didn't know how to react once the ball was back in his hands. Westbrook, when the ball's back in his hands, he's like, oh shit, time to go. <laughs> and he, he doesn't skip a beat. He, he's right back into doing what he does when it's his turn. And sometimes like that's Paul, missing dunks. Sometimes it's throwing down great dunks or shooting threes, but he, he's at least doing something. But Chris Paul wasn't good at taking turns. Like he yeah. was for a while, but as he aged, he got worse at it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Westbrook does a little bit better with taking turns. And, and even through, like we talked about, didn't play very well last night, right? Oh, yeah. It was rough. He went, he went 9 of 22, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. Had 20 points. Yeah. Bad game, fixer. quote unquote. <laughs> but yeah, and he's been playing a lot better over the last week. He, he had a lot of finger injuries, which I know sounds really strange. But like, look at his stats from year to year. His free throw percentage used to be like he was a great free throw shooter for a long time, and then he just stunk the last two. And he stunk the first month of this year, but now he's starting to bring it back around, and he's back up around eighty percent. And he's a guy that draws a lot of fouls, just like Harden. So if he can go to the free throw line ten times a game and make eight or nine, it's a big boost to the Rockets. So what's your what is your prediction? Where do they end up, or Derek? If if I'm not mistaken, the Rockets were my pick to win it all at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's what you said, you said yeah. at the beginning there. You stick with it? Yeah, I, I think I want to stick with that right now. I, I I see no reason to jump off the boat. They haven't done it. They haven't done anything to change my mind one way or the other since the start of the season. So, like, if you thought the Rockets gotcha. at the beginning of the season were good enough to win it all, you should still think that. If you didn't, I don't think they've done anything to change your mind that way either. So, okay, the, the next team we'll talk about is uh, actually the two seed right now, and that's the Denver Nuggets. And I... And I don't even think they've been as good this year as they were last year, but somehow they're on pace to win more games. It's that they just keep winning. That's all they do. Uh, so I, I guess I'll let both of you guys talk about it a little bit first because I think we all know that I'm a Nuggets fan. Yeah, I'm a Joker fan as well. Um, I, I enjoy his game. I think I've said that on multiple episodes before. I love seeing a big man who isn't afraid to put the ball down. And I agree with you, Derek. I don't see them having these. Uh, Sports Center top 10 
performances from any of their players, yet they keep knocking. They just consistently take down teams that are not the top five, which is most of the league. I mean, like they've they dropped a game to the Rockets recently. Um, I think did they drop one of the Pelicans recently, which might make me eat my words. But either way, Derek's right about they them. lost that on Christmas Day. Yeah, they're just finding consistent wins, which is something that a lot of teams obviously aren't because this Nuggets team does not look as good, but yet they just managed to get it done. Before this week, I had been saying over and over how much I dislike the Nuggets, how much I don't like watching them. I wasn't a big Gary Harris fan, or I don't really like the way Jokic plays. I don't, I, I don't know. It just doesn't look fun to me. But this week, something changed where Michael Porter Jr. started playing. He got put into the lineup, starting lineup, I believe, scored 25 points, went 11 big game. 12 for the Nuggets against the Pacers, a mm-hmm. Pacers team that's been good. And I think he is what is he's the X factor by far because basically the Nuggets ran it back exactly the same as they did last year. Um, the same starting lineup for the most part, the same players they signed everybody. And then Michael Porter Jr. was injured, he's been rehabbing, but he's kind of back, quote unquote. If he can stay healthy and if he has games like this, the Nuggets are much scarier than they were a week and a half ago, at least to me, because. Like you guys said, they, they seem basically the same as last year, maybe even a little worse. But if they have a 25-point bench point, player honestly. or somewhere they could put in the starting lineup that everybody thought when before Michael Porter got injured that he could have been the number one pick, or at least number one through five, Nuggets were able to pick him up, I think, at 14 or 15 a couple years ago. That dude will be the X factor by far. So if they can keep playing with Michael Porter Jr., I would, I would put the Nuggets in the uh, Western Conference Finals. If they could hold on to their two seed. If the, again, it's all about matchups. If the Nuggets could hold on to the two seed, I would, I'd put them in the, fi- the Western Conference Finals, probably not making the finals at least. Yeah, I think uh, my, my, I'm a big Michael Porter Jr. fan. He was drafted the same year as Colin Sexton, and he was kind of who I wanted the Cavs to take despite his injury history. Uh, just because I think when yeah. you got a shot at a superstar, you, you got to take it. Even if he doesn't pan out that way, I think we all knew that Sexton wasn't going to be that. And it, right. eight, Porter's got a much higher ceiling. Yeah, it, at eighth pick in the draft, I'm looking at ceiling, especially when you're a, yep. a young team. So, like, I, w- I was willing to overlook the injuries just like I was with Embiid back when he was coming into the league. Uh, but, yeah, these last four games, he's finally started to get some real run out there playing uh, – Double-digit minutes in each of the last four games, reaching double-digit points in three of the four games, uh, shooting really well from the field, really well from behind the arc, doing a lot of different things just to help them win ball games. Uh, their their only loss in the last four games was to the Rockets. Uh, they did lose to the Pelicans back on Christmas Day. Jokic ate too many cookies that day. But yeah, uh, Ma- Michael Porter Jr. and really the entire bench. Uh, I think they have a lot of good bench players. But the only guys who like really rate out positive this year is their starting five. Their, their starting five has like the one of the top three net ratings in the entire league in, in terms of five-man lineups. So it's just going to come down to whether or not their coach, uh, Mike Malone, is going to be able to uh, press the right buttons when it comes time to play against those top teams in the league and what he can get out of those bench players, whether it's Michael Porter Jr. or Malik Beasley or Mason Plumley, anybody else that they want to throw yeah. in there. Because uh, they definitely have talent on the bench. It's just a matter of whether or not they get used in the correct lineups. I think MPJ gives them a big 
like you said, it's all about ceilings, and he's got a high ceiling. So if he can give a couple of those games in the playoffs, then I think the Nuggets will have a lot of good luck coming ahead of him. Either way, I think I think the Rockets have a better chance of winning the whole thing than the Nuggets do. Hmm. I don't think you're wrong, Matt. I don't think you're wrong at all. I would agree. I, w- I would agree, and I'm a big fan of a lot of guys on the Nuggets roster, from Jamal Murray to Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr. I would rather, I would rather the Nuggets win. You got Bull Bull on a two way. Uh, gotta have Bull Bull if you want to be. A contender. I haven't had. I haven't heard any Bull Bull talk this season, to be honest. He's been G League all all season. Well, he's kind of in the same boat as Michael Porter Jr. coming off a major injury, and uh, basically redshirting this style. year. Kind of redshirting yeah. this year, and and when you're a team winning 55 plus games like the Nuggets, you can afford to do that with your draft picks, especially when they're bringing everybody back year to year. Yeah. And with the exception of Millsap, everybody on that team is under 30. I forgot Paul Millsap's on the team. He's the most forgettable NBA player that exists, I think. I know. He's, he's just solid. He just does his job. <laughs> but uh, I, guess, I guess we should move on to the next, yeah. next team because uh, I think we, we all kind of know what our thoughts on the Nuggets are. Just kind of like we kind of know our thoughts on these next two teams. So let's just lump them both together. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk Lakers LA. and Clippers. I, th- I think lumping them together is fine from my perspective, because if you think that neither of these teams have a chance at winning at all, you you're not watching basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is probably the most solid team LeBron's been on since Miami. And you always, you know, playoff LeBron has a chance at making it no matter who he's with. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of say the same about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard always not wrong gives his team a run at it, mm-hmm. and this is one of the more solid teams Kawhi's been on since the Spurs win. So both of these teams, in my eyes, are the the biggest contenders for winning the championship. I would say the Lakers, except the Mavs. <laughs> the Lakers are obviously, maybe not obviously. Lakers are a cooler team. They have more highlights. They have LeBron and AD throwing lobs and shit like that. They got Alex Caruso, the coolest guy in the NBA. The Clippers have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. play defense. And Patrick Beverly. And they play defense. And they are running a marathon. And sometimes it feels like the Lakers are sprinting uh, to try and win games with LeBron playing a lot of minutes, AD playing through injuries, trying to get chemistry between the two of them. The Clippers are like, fuck chemistry. Let's rest. We have more. Our one through 10 could be most people's one through five. So I I think I did pick the the Lakers at the beginning of the season, but I really, I would be surprised if anybody besides the Clippers is holding the trophy at the end of the year because Kawhi Leonard Leonard is younger than LeBron. Um, He plays defense better because he is younger and AD is more injury prone than I guess Paul George is injury prone, but if you put a matchup one-on-one or those teams against each other, I think I would probably end up picking the Clippers though. I'd rather see LeBron win it, but they're both so damn good. I, I just can't bring myself to say, I'd be surprised if any of these yeah. teams were holding the trophy at the end of the year. That's what's fun this year. Cause I don't, I don't think the gap's that large. I honestly think the bucks are the right now. The bucks are the best team in the NBA. I think I, I, I would take the Clippers over the Lakers. But I think the Rockets are in that mix too. I think a lot of teams are one move away. Uh, anybody else would be a dark horse, I think, besides really the Bucks, Clippers, Lakers, and Rockets. Outside of those four, anybody else would be kind of a, a minor surprise. I think the Sixers might sneak into that group by the end of the year, but they've even lost four in a row right now. 
Uh, like I think there's just a lot of teams that can win it. I, I prefer the Clippers to the Lakers just because, like you said, I feel like I feel like who the Lakers are right now is who they're going to be at the end of the season. Like they are, they're already are who they're going to be. I feel like the Clippers haven't reached what they're going to be yet. They're still right there with the Lakers, two and a yeah. half games back. I mean, it's so I'm so glad this year. It's a weird year because we're missing stars like KD and Steph Curry and all those things. But at least it's not two games into the season obvious that it's Warriors Cavs again. It is nice to have a little bit of parity. So uh, I don't think we need to talk about Clippers, Lakers all that much more. Everybody knows that they, they have probably the best odds to go win it all. So we'll just do our jump into our pickums right now. And uh, two games I have for you guys. Uh, I think I went with Wednesday, Friday for the matchups this week. I didn't really look at which games okay. are nationally televised. I, I wanted to go with two pretty tightly contested matchups. And on Wednesday, we have the Heat against the Pacers in Indiana. So it's Pacers minus two and a half. So they are favored. And my pick is the Miami Heat. I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, they had some rough games this week. I'm not really sure what that's all about, but I know they're a good team. Know that. And I think they'll beat the Pacers on the road. Uh, everything about me wants to pick the Heat here. Um, Derek's points made the same ones I'm looking at, basically. Um, that being said, I'm going to take the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. I, I agree with everything Derek says, and I'm going to go the opposite way and pick the Indiana Pacers to win it. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, so yeah. our, our second game will be a fun matchup for you guys. It, it'll be kind of fun for me because I like the Mavericks, but it's the Lakers in Dallas against the Mavericks, and the Mavericks are it's Mavericks minus one and a half, so the Mavs are favored on their own home court. And uh, I'm going to surprise you guys and pick the Lakers. Doesn't surprise me at all. I'm also going to pick the Lakers. Y'all both went Lakers. Damn. I know I hate picking the same as you, so I have to pick Dallas. I doubt it. I don't like picking against LeBron, but I also like to pick against you guys. So does not pay to bet against LeBron James. Yeah. Okay, so the good news is I can catch Hayden this week if I win both my picks. Bring it on, baby. Bring it. Oh, yeah, we're opposites. I love it. I love it. I'd rather play risky than than play it safe. I'm not about keeping a lead. Risky business. Quick reminder, what uh, these pickums at the end of the season, the winner gets a custom NBA jersey, whatever NBA jersey that the middle guy picks and the loser has to pay for it. So right now I'm the bottom guy. Matt's the middle guy. Yep. And uh, what, what am I buying Hayden right now? If, if the season ended right now, Matt, I'm going to be real. Do I, it, is it a jersey of Hayden's favorite team? No, whatever no, the hell you want, Matt. It's whatever, whatever jersey you want me to buy. Whatever him. jersey I want. I think at this point I would get Hayden a Washington Wizards Isaiah Thomas jersey because he <laughs> keeps he named me Isaiah Thomas in our chat here. So um, with that in mind, maybe Hayden will give me some better names. I would I would be happy with the Davis Bertans jersey to be honest. Yeah, maybe I, I even a Garrison would. Matthews. I, bet you would. I think we should change it that the winner gets a Bertans jersey, but we can't change it now. All right, boys, good job this week. Yeah, first podcast of 2020. We got a long year ahead of us. Want to keep it up? Thank everybody that's been listening. Share it more with friends. We're going to try to do a little bit better at marketing and get our names out there, get some listeners, keep it a little more concise, keep it easy to consume. We appreciate everybody that's listened so far. Any last words you want to get in there, Matt and Derek, before we wrap up the episode? Uh, let's give an RIP to David Stern. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Wasn't doing good. Yeah. He ended up passing away between these last two podcasts. Um, I think he was held highly in most of the people in the NBA's hearts. So um, mm-hmm. we're going to respect him as such. 
Absolutely. Feels weird following that up with a shout out to Mike Schaefer, but I guess that's what I got to do. Shout out Mike Schaefer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Mike Schaefer and David Stern, two great men. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you at Jump 95 Podcast, and we will see you again next week. Peace. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice.